Hey guys, what's going on? Steve here. I uh, just want to say what's up, as always, before uh, the episode starts. How is everybody's weekend? I almost said drive time commute. I said that, I want to say, two weeks ago or last week. I don't know. Uh, this week on the show, Diane Franklin, uh, Better Off Dead, Excellent Adventure, uh, Bill and Ted. I alluded to it last week. Uh, if you didn't catch that, I did. Uh, I say uh, a lot. Don't mind me. Just thinking out loud. Uh, it's not super late, like when I usually record these. Uh, it's about 10.30. It's not bad. I hope everybody's doing well, having fun. Uh, I hope the heat isn't, isn't killing you if you're in California. Heat's fucking killing me. It's horrible. Other than that, I went to the movies last week. Uh, I saw Stuber. Uh, Did I talk about Annabelle Homecoming on the last one? I don't know. I went and saw Annabelle Homecoming. Uh, I think I said that, if I remember correctly, uh, that I had only seen one of the other films. I realized I'd seen none none of the films um, because... The movie that I thought was The Conjuring was actually Insidious, uh, which is not part of the Conjuring series at all. So I saw Annabelle Homecoming, and and uh, it was the first of all of the all of the movies. Uh, I really liked it. I thought that was good. Uh, no spoilers. I mean, kind of spoilers. It reminded me a lot of Cabin in the Woods, uh, but there was no nudity. There was less swearing. And everyone lived. But I really enjoyed it. I went and saw Stuber um, with the self-proclaimed mama's boy, uh, Tanner Black. We'll have his episode dropping soon. Uh, We went and saw Stuber. I thought it was really funny. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Kumail Nanjiani, always, always hilarious. Dave Bautista, uh, killing it. Just absolutely killing it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Oh, Aladdin! That was the other one that I went to go see. I saw Aladdin two nights ago. Yeah, two nights ago. Tiffany's shaking her head yes because she doesn't talk on the podcast. Uh, two nights ago, went and saw Aladdin. Uh, my thoughts on Aladdin. Will Smith can't sing. Uh, he can rap. He can rap well. well. He can act decently. Uh, but Will Smith cannot sing. Uh, and other than that, it really made me miss Robin Williams. Uh, everything that Will Smith was doing was a second-hand Robin Williams from the original Aladdin. Uh, they did uh, just a couple things that were different from the from the original movie. Uh, I really liked Aladdin. I really liked Jasmine. I really liked Jafar. I thought the guy that played Jafar did an awesome job. Um, other than that, though, uh, I didn't... I've pretty much heard the same thing about Lion King. That it's good for like 15, 20 minutes. I don't know. The people that were talking about that, I'm not going to name names. I listen to other movie podcasts and... Oh, I'm not going to get into that right now. I got a bunch of shit that I could just air out on that with people that I admire that do shows. That say they do my shows and then they just fucking ghost me. Uh, I think I've mentioned it before, but yeah, people, people before, handful of people, uh, have said that they would do my show, uh, and then when I get at them to do the show, they just ghost me, 
and they never reply. And it sucks, because it's people that I would love to have on the show, that I think you'd like to hear on the show. Um, but fuck it. I might name names and put names to win. When I get when I get in that big, big, you know, at least 50 listeners. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. All right, guys, I'm going to let you get going on with the episode. Diane Franklin, uh, Better Off Dead, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. She gives her handles at the end. They're in the description of the episode. Uh, hit her up on the Twitter. Tell her you enjoyed the episode. Uh, give her a follow on the Instagram uh, give her daughter's show a follow on the Snapchat if you got that. And check her son out on Spotify. I mean, she plugs all that. Uh, she was super nice. She was super sweet. Uh, I'm happy to have her on. My first female guest, Diane Franklin. Uh, I look forward to hopefully having her on uh, again in the future. Uh, until then, tip the veal, try the staff. Enjoy the episode. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to The Last Podcast You'd Want. Steve here with another great episode. I'm very happy to bring to all of you today an actress that you might not know her name essentially, but you know the movies that she has been in. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring to you today from such films as Better Off Dead and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Diane Franklin. Diane, how you Hi, how are you? I am so um, so excited to be on your show and um, um, and and have uh, be in contact with such an excellent audience. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for for coming on. I'm very excited to uh, to to see some of the answers you have for some of my questions, uh, and and we'll jump right into it with one I love asking. Uh, have you at any point in your life been uh, displeased with a movie in the theater that you've walked out of it? Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, I know this is crazy. I don't think I've ever walked out of a movie because I think I always try to give the movie a chance. But at the end, <laughs> at the end, I'll be like, oh, my gosh, what was that? You know, <laughs> Um, that's when I'll give it my uh, my two cents. But I think maybe as an actress, I, I got to say, I I give everybody a chance. I give the filmmaker. Sometimes things don't reveal themselves until the very end. So uh, I have never walked out of a movie. So All right. And there, that's, that's, that's good to know. Uh, an appreciation uh, for, for your fellow actors and actresses across the board. Uh, I, I, myself, I'm not going to lie. I've walked out of movies. Uh, <gasps> what have you walked out of? I really have to know. Uh, the, the first movie I walked out of, I ended up loving it. I walked out of it because, uh, my girlfriend at the time did not enjoy it. Uh, uh at, and that was Joe Dirt. See, but then if you had stayed, you would have let, right? Oh, the, the movie, <laughs> the movie was hilarious. No, the, the one movie that I walked out of because I was so, I, I just, I, I did not enjoy it, uh, was Envy. With uh, and great cast: Ben Stiller, Jack Black, Amy Poehler, Christopher Walken. Wow, it, that's amazing! It, See, here's the thing: amazing actors, and you still walk out. So it just goes to show that a film is a, a collaborative effort, right? Everybody just does their part, and uh, you know, sometimes it just doesn't pull it together. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Uh, and and it, it's well, it's funny because for that one. Uh, the whole premise of the film is Jack Black creates vaporizer, which makes mm -hmm. dog, which makes dog poo just disappear. 
And essentially, oh. they ask, like, Ben Stiller and his wife to get in on it. And they're like, no, 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 we're good. Because they're best friends. And, like, he becomes famous and, and rich. And Ben Stiller becomes envious. And uh, oh. at, at one I, point... I hadn't seen the film. Oh. <laughs> well, don't, don't see it? <laughs> uh, I, you, you might enjoy it. I, I, mm-hmm. uh, I haven't taken the time to rewatch it. Yeah. Uh, I was very, I was very fortunate at the time I worked for a movie theater, so I actually didn't pay to see the movie. Great. So. And, and those of you who have seen the movie, you know, you should contact us and let, you know, contact um, Stephen on the show and let him know what happened at the end. <laughs> yeah. Let me know if it's worth, worth rewatching. Yeah. So um, with, with being in so many movies over the years, uh, you've worked with a lot of directors, but as, as a, as a viewer of movies, do you have a favorite director? Do you have someone whose works uh, you look forward to or a director that just has a great collective work altogether? Well, he, that's a really good question. Um, and I have like a couple of answers for that. So when I worked, I mean, my the first director that comes to mind just because they were, they just were so, they're such a sweet director um, is Savage Steve Holland. Because Savage, you know, he just makes, I mean, he, he just makes everybody feel so comfortable on set. And he is, um, he does comedies. He's got a great sense of humor. He's open to whatever people do. Um, and I just loved working with him. Um, I, you know, I still am friends with him. He's lovely. And uh, that, I just think he's really fun. And I don't know, um, you know, sometimes directors, they're, they have to work on things, you know, other people's material as well. So, I mean, they have to work on other things. They have to direct other people's things. But I really feel that when he directs what he writes, um, everything clicks. And I, I kind of think that way for most directors, if they've, they've written something, um, unless they're coming from sort of a cinematic, uh, cinematographer point of view, um, I think it's it's really like, you know, that's when you really get their voice. Um, I do think that sometimes when too many people are involved, you know, you get a script and then people rewrite it and then the director has a different view and blah, blah, blah. In the end, it's never what, it becomes a mess only because so many people got involved. So I really like the fact that today, People are closer to the material that they're, and their vision that they wanted and can create their own. They can write, direct, act, and edit. My daughter is doing this right now in a Snapchat show. It really just brings it home because you can get exactly what your vision is as a director. So I would say Savage for one. Then I just worked with Daniel Ferens, who is amazing and wonderful. And what I love about working with Daniel, and I did that for um, Amityville Murders, which I, is out now and just actually came out this year. Where I play Louise DeFeo, and I play uh, who um, it's about the Amityville murders. I play the mother, um, and I loved working with him because first of all, he remembered me as a young girl. So I, when I did Amityville Two, The Possession, and then being brought back uh, to this, it's an amazing uh, ex- like to me, like as as a person who would would loves horror and would watch um, horror. I love the idea of like him bringing me back once playing the daughter, now playing the mother which I think was amazing. Like, what a great idea. He, he watched the film when he was a kid and he got all freaked out. And then, you know, he, he never forgot me and he brought me back when he wrote and directed this film. And it was the first film he directed. So um, I think he did a great job. And he's very, um, like, decisive and, like, he knows what he wants. Um, but he also, uh, you know, he, he, and he can ask the actor and he can get them to do what he wants. So I really like that about him. I respect that uh, as a director. And he... He gave me the room to do my performance. Um, but then here's a weird, weird thing. Like, I mean, I've worked with a lot of directors. I really loved, and I know I didn't 
do a film with him, but I worked with uh, Mila Foreman as a director with for Amadeus because I screen tested for Amadeus and they flew me to Czechoslovakia. And I actually did like every scene in the film with him as a director. I mean, that's crazy, right? So like, I, we just, we screen tested in costume and makeup in Czechoslovakia um, because it was between Elizabeth Barrage and I. And I loved working with him because this was now dramatic and, um, you know, European film directors, they, I think what I really love about working with a European film director is that they, because they can't, um, are maybe use, they, maybe sometimes the language is in a way, like in the way of the performance, they are much more, um, they are, they are deal with more um, the, of the feelings and the emotions and they communicate in ways uh, that have to do with more energy than they do with words. So I love that. I mean, that's in a creative way. I like working with directors who have a lot of uh, passion. And so it doesn't, the, so they don't even need to speak English. I like the idea of the passion and that they're, you know, they can just work it. I mean, he spoke English. I'm not saying he didn't have any, you know, speak any English at all, but I really love, um, I like verbal and nonverbal communication. I like both of it. And so I really love working with directors who maybe are just, you know, focusing on the light or the movement or the, or the, the subtlety. Um, and that has to do with drama. So I've been really fortunate to work with a lot of different directors. Um, you know, and, and I enjoyed them all. I, I would say that I've been, um, the film directors, um, get more of a chance, you know, to express themselves like Ted Nikolai, um, you know, very fun guy, awesome, you know, fun directing. Um, uh, but like when you, you have a TV director there, most of them are hired to do the material and they're, it's not their baby. It's not, they haven't written it. So again, I think that pampers them a little bit in, in, you know, the, it's more technical and it's not as connected to the actor. So anyway, long answer for a short question. <laughs> no, that's, and, and I love that. And, and, and you, you actually covered two things I was going to mention. Uh, in 1982, you were in the Amneville two, the possession mm -hmm. Uh, and just now in 2019, you're in the Amneville murders. What, was that really surreal, a, a full circle for you going from, from, a, you know, a young, a young adult to a, a fully grown woman in, in the same, in the same sure. film series? Yeah. yeah, no, it was a dream come true. I mean, I never, if you told me when I did Amityville 2 that I'd be coming back as the mother. I would never have ever have imagined that. I, I would have been like, what? I, I, how is that even possible? Um, because most of the time, anyway, in film franchises, at least in the 80s, nobody watched part two. Everyone watched part one. Nobody, I mean, if you had a choice, if you had like, you know, your $5 and you were going to spend it, you always watch the original. So it was, so when Daniel contacted me, we, I mean, we actually had a funny experience about how that worked. But I, when, when he offered me this part, and that I didn't have to, it wasn't like I got a call from my agent even to say, hey, you're up for the role of the mother in this film. That he offered it to me, it, I burst into tears. I mean, it was a dream. And I so was ready for that because I really always wanted to play someone who um, uh, was a real person, you know? And so, it, and I had done a, a bunch of films before, so I was really primed and ready to go because sometimes as an actor you know you get an opportunity but maybe you haven't acted in a while or maybe you know you're like oh I don't know if I can do this and I was so ready and I was so so it's 
I have to tell the audience, this is the best performance of my life in that film so far. Seriously, uh, in Amityville Murders, best acting in my life. And um, great, great, uh, lovely film. It is not real. Now I'm going to have to say this is not classic horror because I think a lot of people who watch it, if they think they're going to see eyeballs popping out or tons of blood, that's not this film. And I think what happened was originally when they sort of did a preview around Halloween, um, the audience was like, no, this is not that scary. But the truth is because it's based on a true story. If you take it out of its context, they released it, re-released it like um, end of February later. People loved it because now they're looking at it as, oh my gosh, this is a true story and it's scary. You know, yeah. scary. So I think um, nowadays, you know, when we watch horror, everything is very boutique. You could say, I like horror parody or I like horror with, you know, lots of special effects um, or special effects makeup um, or lots of gore or I like mystery or I like, um, you know, it's very boutique. And this is based on the true story. So Skyline Entertainment, who put out the film and it was their first film that they put out. Um, which I was so honored. I'm like, oh my gosh, I am the fir- in the first film that they are going to, you know, that they're putting out. Um, and so they are, uh, they did like the, the um, oh gosh, Sharon Tate um, movie and they're coming out with another film that's based on True Story. And uh, so um, anyway, it's very exciting to me. And that, yes, I was completely blown away. Um, and I think I am, I am the only actress who's ever played the daughter and the mother in the same story. Because so my, I got, got to have the experience from the daughter's perspective and the yeah. mom perspective, which is a dream as an actress, a dream okay. like to be able to have those experiences. And that's, that's, that's awesome. And that's, that's the life of an actor. Yeah. Uh, and, and that is one uh, that I will keep an eye out for. Uh, I'm all for uh, good, good horror films. Uh, but but I'm all about about psychological films. And when you're dealing, mm-hmm. I feel when you're dealing with real life with something like that, like not to sound too silly, uh, mm-hmm. but the house I live in is haunted. They're not mean spirits. Right. You know a- what? I completely I am. I back you. I mean, let me just say, I think people I believe certain people can feel it and some cannot. And when you feel it, it's real and it's about energy and you know, you have to be sensitive. You have to be up to it. And I'm really relieved and happy that a lot of ghost shows are coming out now because I think that you you walk into a place and you feel it, you know, and uh, it's an energy. And, it is. Um, so I back you. And uh, I just I have to say those of people who have experienced that, um, I'm, I'm happy for them that they're not, you know, like I'm sure when they first said, oh, I feel a ghost or there's something people went, what? You're crazy. What's up with that? You know? Um, but now I think it's absolutely taken more, it's taken more like, okay, that, you know, this is your experience and, you know, you're allowed to have it and, and it can be, you know, and let's just deal with it, you know? Um, so you were saying you had good ghosts in your, it, the, the, the house that I live in, it's, it's not, it's not a meaningful spirit. It's a little girl. Uh, my, my mother-in-law and I have talked about it. She, she has sensed her, she's heard her. And and I've heard her as well, as silly as it sounds. I was sitting in our upstairs loft, and at two thirty in the morning, I heard a little girl giggle. Oh my gosh! To which to which at that point I just went, Nah, I'm done. I'm going to bed. Uh, and I turned <laughs> off I turned off the TV and I went in my bedroom and I I, I I went to bed. But it's it's I sat there for a minute and and 
it I, it wasn't until my mother-in-law mentioned that she, you know, had heard and, and felt the little girl in the house that it really oh. clicked with me. But yeah, 2.30 in the morning, I'm sitting there watching TV uh, and I hear a little girl giggle. And it, and it, and it was either oh. coming from, from, you know, downstairs or outside the window because there's a window in the loft that goes outside. But I'm just like, no, I don't need yeah. to hear a little girl giggle at 2.30 in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you just kind of like put that in your head, like, okay, that's happening, but that's not going to freak me out. I'm going to just be, I'm going to, you know, cool, calm, collective, and right. then I'll and then I'll freak out once I'm in the safety of my own room with a right. locked door. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you know, I, it's like um, I always think I had to play a medium in a film that I, hasn't come out yet, but it's um, it's sort of like a female vigilante film, and um, when I play characters, I get. Uh, I explore the areas. I do a lot of research. And when I played this medium, I was watching a lot of mediums and I had to get into the zone and it actually freaked me out because I thought, Oh, um, you have to be very relaxed and very centered and allow it's sort of like allow the spirit to go through you to be able to be the sort of a, like you're the one who sort of like the spirit speaks through, you know, it comes through you, you sense it. So anyway, um, so I started, uh, you know, researching this and um, allowing myself to be this. And when I played this character, I thought um, I-, I felt that kind of like you have to relax and 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 say, okay, it's it's okay for this spirit to come to you as opposed to get tight and nervous and scared. Uh, so I really respect the fact that you just went to bed. Bravo yeah. for that. One. <laughs> yeah. Um, moving on uh, to our next question. Uh, is there a movie that you love uh, so much that you could just watch it every day? Uh, background noise, if you're just doing cleaning and you want something that you know you're familiar with? Oh my gosh. Well, that is a, such a huge question because there are so many wonderful movies. And obviously it has to depend, it depends on um, the day, the mood. mood, of course. Uh-huh. Um, but can I just, I mean, I'm just going to tell you the most recent one because sure. okay, you can get you you like, can give me your, you can give me like your top three even that's okay. all right all right because wait but this is like I'm now I'm going to like completely like it it has nothing it's it's okay I'm going to just say this okay so here's the deal my my daughter is a filmmaker but she um just got a a, a series a Snapchat series. And it is, um, so if you go to Snapchat, I know it's very complicated because especially for people of my generation, go to Snapchat first, get the app, then um, go to, I guess you swipe right to discover something and you write Apocalypse Gold. And she just did, she has this series and she wrote, she writes with her comedy partner, directs and acts and edits the, the footage. And it just started like last week. And every other day they come out with an episode and they, it's done so well. They actually picked up another 10 episodes, which is exciting. And she's, there's another series she got too. So she's like on, she's like, she is the next generation of me. So keep her, her name is Olivia De Laurentiis. So keep that name in your mind. But anyway, so what happened was she does comedy. So she was, um, she just has the series and these episodes are so funny. And the dialogue is so funny that I've actually played it in the car like the ver- like you know I'm driving and like you can put like you can listen to a, like the sound of it and sure so I just have to say brilliant dialogue like the subtlety like if you listen to every single you could hear every single word and it is so funny and recently um 
uh, I mean, my husband and I were like freaking out, laughing so hard. We were like, oh my gosh, like you can watch it and you can listen to it and watch it over and over again because they're very short. You know, they're like five minutes or so long, um, but they're also bri- brilliantly written. So I'm just, it's not even like a sell, but I just, that's just funny because you just mentioned it. So I'm like, okay, I, that's my guilty pleasure right now. Um, so that's one. Um, <laughs> even though it's not a film, but it is, you know, you know, just something that I listen to over and Absol- over again. Absolutely. And that was um, called Apocalypse Goals? Yes, Apocalypse Goals. And it's on Snapchat. And it's All one right. of their series. And it's um, with Olivia De Laurentiis and her comedy partner, Sydney Heller. Well, and- I have I have Snapchat, so oh. I, I will have to check that out. You're going to go crazy. Plus, they go as um, their, their team name is, they go by Barely Legal Comedy. Definitely put the word comedy in. Um on like YouTube and if you check that out Barely Legal Comedy they did a, a also another um a web series called Sugar Babies and again comedy uh so funny just brilliant that one's probably I don't know maybe I forgot how long those episodes are maybe 10 minutes or 50 yeah so maybe eight to ten minutes um but Sugar Babies is also great but anyway there so it's Olivia De Laurentiis Sydney Heller and um, the Snapchat show. They also, and I'm going to give you this preview as well, they're getting another show, and this is by the people who did American Homes videos. Um, ben the, uh, uh, oh my, uh, Bono something to Bono. Um, ah, I'm forgetting the name, but anyway, uh, keep in mind the name um, Unpolished because they have a new show coming up also. So they're, okay. they're flying, they're making their things happening. I am so proud and excited. Um, oh, and also one more thing, just because I'm totally momming out right now. Um, my son, Nick DeLaurentis, he's on Spotify, and he has written songs. Um, he's just coming out. He's going to come out with an album coming out soon, but you can check out a couple of songs that he's written and singing um, and playing. He's um, uh, He actually plays the upright bass, but he, uh, the double bass, but he is uh, playing guitar in these songs. And he's in a band called Swatches also, which you can see on uh, YouTube. So um, my kids are creative. Yeah, they're like, um, and in fact, the last episode of Olivia's Snapchat show, she has her brother's song, uh, one of the music songs in it. So I was like, oh my gosh. Anyway, I'm getting a lot of rewards as a a parent, which is shocked, you know, shocking. Like I didn't expect anything. You know, my kids, I just go follow your dreams. But um, I'm now super like, I just have to let people know what's going on. Like, oh my gosh. Um, Anyway. So that's that. Um, and as far as movies go, wow. Um, I think if there's anything else, I mean, I love Better Off Dead. You know, I think I'll never get bored of that film because it is so sweet and romantic. You know? And hilarious. And hilarious. It's unpredictable. I think even today, I mean, what what's your thought? I, oh my God, I love uh, Better Off Dead. Uh, I, it's, it's, it, it's a film I watched growing up, yeah. um, and and there are so many things I remember about it. To be truthfully honest, first thing that always comes to my head when I think of Better Off Dead is Curtis Armstrong. I can't move my right arm. Right. <laughs> this is pure snow. I love that line. I love that. Right. <laughs> um, funny. Funny enough, uh, I've actually had two former guests on my show that have worked with two of your co-stars of Better Off Dead. Uh, I had Andrew Cassess, who played Harold Wormser in Revenge of the Nerds with Curtis Armstrong. Ah, oh, nice. And I had... 
Got and it. I, I had Tony Ganios, uh, who played Meat in uh, Porky's with uh, Chuck Mitchell. Chuck Mitchell. What is Oh, Chuck, who played the... Um, uh, the restaurant uh, owner. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. In fact, you know, I'm glad you actually mentioned that because I'm going to be doing a Better Off Dead. I've, I've written books about my career um, as an actress. If you look up on Diane Franklin books online and um, I've written my first book was about um, my career um, and the names of the book really long. The excellent Diane Franklin, the excellent adventures of the last American French exchange babe of the 80s. So. Just look up Diane Franklin books, okay? Yeah. The first book is about my career Sec- and, and has chapter on Better Off Dead and all the different um, chapters. Second book was about how I was the first actress to bring curly hair into the 80s. I actually kick-started the curly hair craze of the 80s, the trend, which is hilarious because it was a film, Last American Virgin, um, this little tiny 80s teen sex film that you'd never even think, oh, like, who watches this film? And that kick-started all the curly hair which is so i wrote a book about that and then my third book i'm doing now is about better off dead and i'm going i'm glad you mentioned his name because i want to have chapters on everybody in the book because it is people watch it over and over again and each character is so um unique right unique and memorable yeah the mailman you know taylor negron i mean you know (laughs) it's like Throwing yeah. the yeah. on the ground. I mean, Af- wow. I, Taylor Neg. I oh man, I could I could talk about Taylor Negron uh, for for forever. He's been in so many uh, classic great films. He was in that. He was in. Uh, uh, he played the pizza guy in Fast Times at Ridgemount High. Yeah. He was in. He was in Nothing But Trouble with Dan Aykroyd and Chevy wow. Chase. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's so interesting how everybody sort of is, what do they say, six degree of separation. Like everyone is sort of like connected. Right. Amanda Wiss was with Taylor in that in Fast Times. And, um, you know, we all kind of we work work together. And if you stay in this business long enough, you find opportunities to work with people. And um, it's, uh, you know, repeat people. And it's just great. I was just really I loved him. Curtis. Curtis is a, such a brilliant actor. Can't say enough nice things about him. And um, I loved working with, uh, uh, unfortunately, she passed away, but it was um, Mrs. Smith, who was um, uh, Laura Waterbury. Law- oh, my gosh. She was so funny. Laura Waterbury played Mrs. Smith, who talked like that. Ricky! Who, like, did that. Oh. <laughs> the, mo- the mother. Yeah. Yes. Mother. Crazy. That's yeah. that's oh, but um, but better off dead. Uh, I had so many once again, just so many memorable things. Uh, and and in that you played uh, the French for an exchange student. Yes, and if you have not seen the film, I talk like this in the film. I'm French, so don't be uh, confused. You say where is Diane, and I am the girl in the film who is a French exchange student. <laughs> and that's and that's that's. I, and and my, so great because for, for the first what half of the film you don't even talk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're just like she she doesn't speak English. And it's always it's 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 always the classic louder and slower so they <laughs> understand. Isn't that great? But she she really she's really sweet on my Ricky. Right. 
Oh my gosh, Dan Schneider. Oh my God, he was so funny. I mean, how could I? That scene where I'm between the two of them and Dan offers me the jello and then Curtis snorts the jello. I, <laughs> I did not expect that. I seriously, I mean, they improvised that. That was not in the script. I mean, I was dying. Brilliant. Just brilliant. So funny. And That's... so I think, and I think it, I, I mean, if you haven't seen the film, I, I think it really still plays today because it's not such a long film, you know, it, and it moves. So. And, it, and it, still, it still has relatable problems that kids today can still relate to. Yeah, I, absolutely. I think so. And, and that's great. Uh, with, yeah. with that being said, you were a, uh, a French foreign exchange student. And in 1985, you played a, uh, a British princess. Yes. Oh, 1989, I'm 89. sorry, 89. He played Princess Elizabeth in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yes, and thank you for pointing out it was Princess Elizabeth because I, I have a funny story about that. The script, in the script, I was Princess Elizabeth. I was absolutely always Princess Elizabeth. But what happened was when the film came out, in the credits, somebody got the credits wrong and they, they coined me as Princess Joanna. So since it was the only film... I started going, oh, well, I guess, okay. I um, guess I'm just going to be Princess Joanna. So I would sign autographs, Princess Joanna. And I guess <laughs> that's it. That's on Princess Joanna. I'll, t- I'll take it. It's okay. Because they never say our names in the film. They never say, they call us the babes. You're the you babes. Know, you're, the prin- you're the princesses. Right, we're the princesses. There's no names. So when we got to the second film and they did it, I never even knew that they they changed the names because I thought, oh, well, I guess I I hadn't seen it. So I didn't know they changed it. So still I'm going to Princess Joanna, Princess Joanna. Now they do Bill and Ted's three. okay? and we're thinking, well, what's it going to be? And originally we thought we were going to be in it. We thought, oh, well, at least there's a chance. And when we found and then Ed Solomon said, oh, well, no, Diane, you've always been Princess Elizabeth. And I'm like, well, guess what? It wasn't in the first film. I mean, I don't think he even knew. And so now in this film, they're, they're, we are back to being Princess Elizabeth. So I went to IMDb and I said, okay, finally, I will change it back because, you know, it's just going to get too confusing for people. So let's just keep it, you know. So um, I don't know if they ever, ever in any of the films reference Princess Elizabeth in the name. Um, I don't know if they just call us princesses. I have to check. Um, you know, we are, I mean, it's sort of just objects. I mean, we're being obviously switched. Um, uh, you know, we're switched out. So I don't even know if, you know, it's kind of like, mm, that's not so cool, but whatever. Um, uh, we certainly, you know, for the fans, we did want to, you know, play those roles. And we actually auditioned for our own roles in the second film, which is shocking, but true. So, um, you know, but they went a different way. And for whatever reason, that was their choice. So, uh, but I will say that, um, yes, I am Princess Elizabeth. So thank you. <laughs> That's it, right? Right. And, and my follow up, my follow up question for that, and, and this is, was this scripted? Or was this a choice between you and the other actress? Did you choose to be on the keyboard at the end of the film? Or was it scripted that you were going to be on keyboard? Or did you look at her and be like, well, do you want drums and I'll take keyboard? Um, uh, yes, no, you know, it wasn't scripted and I said, I'll take keyboard and she went to drums so okay. we just did it in the moment. We just decided in the moment. That's so, great. Um, I think even in like when they were shooting, it was like, okay, we're just going to do this, you know, because I'm more uh, comfortable on the keyboard and I play a little piano. And so, uh, she was like, okay, I'll just do the drums. So the awkwardness is probably at real <laughs> when we first went to it. <laughs> That's great. I, 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 I'm not even gonna lie. I just, this morning I went and looked up. 
uh, to because I was like, well, well, I know one of them's on the keyboard and I know one of them's on the drums, but I couldn't Good. remember which. Yeah. So I went I, I went online to look, and YouTube has the clip for it. Um, unfortunately, uh, uh, Netflix does not have Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure streaming right now. So weird. That's so weird. Well, you know, I'm sure that maybe they're pulling it because then they'll bring it all together. I mean, it'll yeah. be very cool when they have the three of them. Um, they'll probably have like some kind of like a marathon of Bill and Ted's. Um, I do think that the new Bill and Ted's, um, which is very cool, is it's um, yeah, I mean, it's out that the daughters are now Bill and Ted have daughters. Daughters. Yeah. And, uh, you know what? Even though the, like the old audience is like, mm, what? You know, we want the old Bill and Ted. <laughs> we want them to be guys and carry it on. I will say that. Um, because of, it's been 30 years since the first one, and oh, I guess the second one, pretty, you know, it's still like a, over a decade since the second one. Of um, course. I do think that it's nice that it brings the new audience in on that film so that people can watch all of them. You've got guys represented, girls represented, and um, I think the new one's going to be very funny. So um, I I'm, think it's I'm really more, excited for yeah, it. Yeah, I think it's going to be more, I mean, the first one was really, I think, What's wonderful is people bring Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures into schools because it pushes history. And I think it got a lot of kids interested in history because of that film. Um, and I don't know. The third one, my guess is that it's going to be more um, car not as realistic, but, it, you know, as, as the first one in a way, like, you know, sort of like there's that feeling of really entering, you know, what it's like to be these characters. I don't know. More comical, I think, this one. Um, judging on how they're casting, but I will say that um, I think it's going to be great for this audience that's coming up, and it's going to bring like the world together in harmony of be excellent to each other. You know what I mean? <laughs> we need everybody to be excellent to each other. It's a just a great message. Great uh, message. Ab absolutely, I actually have a T-shirt uh, that is is Bill and Ted in their classic wild stallion pose, and it says "Be excellent to each other." Do we, see there you go that's wonderful that's the that's really i think the the most important part of this whole thing you know um i i completely agree i'm really looking forward uh to bill and ted face the music uh i think it's going to be interesting and it's great with with the way that time has evolved with the progression of of timelines and everything um because for me uh i have no issue with them having daughters uh, but right. Bill, and, Bill and Ted's bogus journey does end with them coming from the future and they both have boys. Right. Well, that's the assumption because they said Billy and Theo. And those are going to those are going to be girl names. That's the assumption. That's what's like a little that twist. Like you think they're boys, but the name but they take those names and make it girls. That's and, what it is. And that's and I, I think that's great. And what I think would be even better is if is if Bill had the Theo and if Ted had the Billy. I think that's what's happening. Is that that, switched, that would be that would it. be. Yeah, yeah, I think they switched it. I think the boy they they named their kids after each other. Each other. That's yeah. and that that I love that right. I love. <laughs> um, it's great. And I, by the way, I want to just say something. Every film, you know, when you watch a film as opposed to, say, a TV series or a or a. Um, um, let's say TV movie the films uh, the thing about them is they have usually if a, a good film has a message it sends a message and I want to say that the good filmmakers in the end you, you see that film and you go what do I come away with do you come away with a good feeling a scared feeling a bad feeling an angry you know uh, you know I'm going to go after you know uh, you know injustice whatever that thing is and Bill and Ted's gives a 
positive message at the end. So I really want to say that those films are good for kids of all ages. You know, they're really great. You show your family the kid, the films too. It's a good, it's a good film of, of positivity, friendship yeah, and family. Exactly. And I will say, I will say, uh, uh, if it were not for Bill and Ted, uh, I would have never found out about Sigmund Freud. So <gasps> there you go. See, we're learning. Uh, and, right? there and, <laughs> and it wasn't even, it wasn't even until years, years later that I found out that Socrates uh, was uh, actually Socrates. Right, right. <laughs> that is so funny. Yes. Isn't that funny? Afterwards, you go, wait a minute. You know where I had that? I had the same thing with, um, uh, I had that same experience with uh, Monty Python Knigget's. <laughs> I never knew that was knights. Knights. For years, <laughs> I thought, "What are Kinnegets? What are Kinnegets?" Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, well, it's funny because I, uh, I have, a, I have an uncle that calls knives uh, kniffs. Kniffs, great. That's great. Pass, pass me the kniff. Uh, so it's great with the coming away with a message and and the feeling. Uh, some movies come away with a feeling of dread. Mm. Uh, and although this is not a movie in 1988, you did an episode of Freddy's Nightmares. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, Freddy's Nightmares. And you know what? I'm glad you brought that up because Freddy's Nightmares was actually, oh, if you're going to say the one thing that I feel like uncomfortable about, it was the ending of Freddy's Nightmares. Because that move, that little episode, I mean, I've done so many parts, but that episode was super kind of, freaky i it was um first of all like it starts off kind of normal it's called the bride wore red and i'm getting i'm like having mixed feelings about getting married and so at the beginning you know there's these really cool scenes i'm like it's an actually an amazing episode but it, it goes so many places so at first i'm like you know getting married i'm and i'm feeling uncomfortable and i have like a daddy issue like my my dad is like uh cheats on my mom i think or you know or something like that and i'm feeling very um uh, or I'm jealous of my dad or something like that going on. I have problems with my dad. And I then turn into a little girl in the story. And then I become like a seductress and like, I, I sort of like, you know, uh, manipulating men. And then at the end, I'm being held down and I'm going to be chainsawed. And I'm like, oh my <laughs> gosh, this, this is a horrible thing. I mean, I have to say like most uncomfortable moment as an actress. Like, mm, I, I mean, I, you know, I was like, I'm glad I have, wasn't actually changed on, but yeah, that was like a bad feeling. Uh, uh, but it's definitely a good episode as far as like the, the range in that episode in one hour, what happens to me is insane. It's just insane. All right. That's, that, that's, that's, that's great. I, I have not seen it. Oh. Uh, I've seen it. I've seen a couple of episodes of Freddy's Nightmares. Uh, that was at a point in, in, in time. So that was 1988. So I would have been about six years old. I was born in 1982. Glad you uh, didn't see it. No, too early, too early. Yeah, yeah we, I was. I have a. I have a very overactive imagination. Uh, mm. So, so scary things always got to me. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, when we're talking about movies and how it makes you feel at the end, another movie that you got to watch out for is Last American Virgin, because at the end of that film, if you have not seen it, you're going to walk away with a feeling that you may not forget. So. <laughs> There's another movie that, what's the moral of the story? Uh, and boy, I've had people come up to me and go, wow, I can't believe that movie. It rocked me for my whole life. Like, it really affected me. So some films you watch, and boy, like you're saying, when you was little, you know, you, you have to watch when you watch a film. Because <clears throat> when I really always felt like the rite of passage of life is 
when you can see a horror film and realize it's make-believe and you can watch them, you suddenly feel very mature. Like, oh, I'm an adult. Like, oh, yeah, I can watch anything because I know it's make-believe. But that first one is the most scary because you're not prepared, you know? So I always find, like, 12-year-olds or 11-year-olds who watch films, you know, or like maybe even earlier, uh, they, it, it rocks them, you know? Like you said, when you're young, it's, oof, you want to watch anything too scary. Absolutely, which leads me to my next question. Do you remember the first movie to give you nightmares? Mm, right off the bat, uh, Exorcist. The Exorcist. Ooh. Um, which, with Linda Blair, um, yeah. by the way, I auditioned for. Uh, when I was 11, I was given the sides I was supposed to audition for. She was probably 13 or 12. Or something. She was a little bit older. Um, and I auditioned, and there were so many dirty words in it, and I didn't know what they meant. So when I was, <laughs> I was like, beep and beep and beep and beep, you mother beeping, you know, like it was just so funny. Oh, um, that's I, hilarious. It was hilarious. I was like a little kid, you know, like, I mean, but I still had to audition for it and or had to, I, like I did, you know, it was like, oh, there's this movie called The Exorcist and they want you to audition for it. So, um, but that was the scariest. Uh, and at the time, nothing had like it was out. Nothing. It, you mean now people might look at it and go, oh, they people make, you know, make parodies of it or they might have, you know, people know what to expect. But it was sort of like Jaws. It was the first time any like, a thing like that was done. And it was terrifying. And yes, I had nightmares from that film. Yeah. And when so when you saw it, I know I know they re-released it in the 90s because uh, I saw it when they re-released it in the 90s in the theaters. And when they re-released it. They had her doing that that spider crawl where she arches her back <gasps> and and walks up. So, do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, but I had not seen that. But I, I mean, I have not seen that. Version, so that, so but... that, okay, okay. So oh. that was that was not in the original oh. uh, release of it then. Okay, that so horrible. Like <laughs> it's her. It's great. her going. It's either her going up or her going down the stairs. <gasps> and she she's basically in a bridge to where her hands and her feet are on the ground. Up backwards. <laughs> But yeah, she she's arching her back. Great. So it's like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's, it's so scary, but at the same time, great. Like I I would love to see that. That's so cool. Yeah, they did a they did a re-release. Um, and and uh, when I was younger, I had caught bits and pieces of it, and it frightened me. Uh, oh. When I went and saw it when I was a teenager, I was like 16, 17 years old when they re-released it to the theaters, and I remember sitting in the in the in the theater. And and kind of giggling, but I was only <laughs> I was only giggling because if I didn't giggle, I yeah. knew that it was going to get the better of me. Yeah, and, and that and that it, I would get scared from it. But well, you're no. very smart because yes, when we laugh, we're nervous. You know, like a lot of times, that's the release of the nerves. You know, so like that is exactly right. Like you're just like just that's why people sometimes laugh at scary things because. It's the release of it without screaming, you know? Oh, it's so... Oh, yeah. I get no, I, it. Yeah. So, uh, you, you, you've you mentioned uh, you have at least two children, a son and a daughter. Yes, um, I, I have two children. So, well, so, when they were growing up, were, were there movies from your childhood that you were excited to introduce them to? Oh, wow. You know, that's a good question. They actually, like, we watched a lot of stuff that was contemporary in their time because I knew, you know, their memories are about their generation, right? So I, we would watch things that were, so because, 
you know, when you watch something, you got to remember that you uh, films and television and movies are all piece places where you can create conversation with other people. So as an example, if you watch a movie that's contemporary to today, you can talk to uh, to anybody of your age about the film because you've all seen it. You can talk to somebody in China about it. Mean, well, maybe they can't watch it, but you can talk to somebody in like New York or Florida or, you know, Ohio because we we all sort of see the same thing. So I really wanted my kids to watch things that were contemporary, but um, they did see um, they did see Better Off Dead because I said to them, you know, you should see that film because of the skiing because I thought we went skiing and I went, Oh, you got to see this movie. And so one day um, so my kids saw it and they really loved it. And uh, when one day my son, who was probably six years or seven years old, we went skiing and uh, I said, he wanted to go down this trail. And I said, Oh, you know, Nick, you know, I, I want to, you know, he was really fast and he's little, you know, they, they, he get close to the ground. So they zip down the Hills really fast without the ski poles. And I'm like, Nick, you know, I'm going to work. Can I follow you? And, you know, he's like, I'm a little nervous you going down that trail because I don't know if I can follow you. And he said, Mom, go that way really fast. If something gets in your way, turn. And I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, you got me. You got me, you know. Um, so it was very fun. That was like those moments in life where you go, wait, wait a minute. You're coming back in my life here. Um, so, uh, but my, to this day, like my sons, he just told me recently, and he's in his 20, he's never seen Bill and Ted's. And I was like, oh, my gosh, his girlfriend even saw Bill and Ted's. And I was like, whoa, this is hilarious. So it wasn't so much that I had them see my stuff. I will always be mom to them. So it didn't even matter. Like, you know, oh, yeah, that's what my mom does. So that's why I decided uh, to write my books and to share it with people, because I realized, you know, my career is special to those who grew up with me, you know, and if people choose to pass it on, that is awesome. But for my kids, I'm mom. And so my job is as a mom is to focus on their lives and their careers. And so like what they're doing in the moment. So sure. that's sure. why I'm so excited about their lives and what they're doing. I'm I'm realizing, you know, like I now it's it's getting to their their age and their time to to shine. Um, or you know what I mean? Everybody's got their that's why every generation has their voice. And when you are an actor and you are very popular. You will. You need to get out of the limelight for a while to let the next generation come, because that's their chance. Um, the only thing you can't count on is, um, will it, will people remember you? And I'm so fortunate to be born in the time of the internet, because people can bring back films easily, and they don't have to like go to the store find them or you know uh, search for them. You can just go, okay, what do I want to see? I've seen these. I like this genre, and I'm going to look for a film. And so my popularity or my um i would say like the fact that i can be remembered is a gift that people can go oh um i want to look in the past and what movies were out in the 80s oh and then they can bring up my films and uh and then that i'm still here and i could talk to them about it so how great is that that is just so super cool i just think that's cool <laughs> absolutely absolutely uh <clears throat> in a more roundabout way uh, for the question though uh like when when i have a kid I'm excited mm -hmm. to introduce them to like Revenge of the Nerds. I'm excited uh -huh. to introduce them to Star Wars. Were there films from your childhood that that you were excited to be like, oh, I think I think my children will enjoy this film that I watched as a kid? Okay, well, this is kind of funny. I actually played Breakfast Club for my daughter because I thought, oh, I really like that film. When, and oh, and um, Breakfast Club I played and um, oh. 
Okay, wait. So I'll start with that. When I played Breakfast Club uh, for my for my kids, they were like, okay, that's like, it's kind of like, it's okay. They didn't really get it. Maybe it's because I, I showed it too early. Okay. They, they wasn't, it wasn't like what I thought it was going to be. Like, oh, this is a really cool film. It was like, oh, okay, whatever. Um, but then the biggest, uh, the biggest shock was, um, there's a movie um, that is about, it was like, it was a movie about the first reality uh, oh gosh! Okay, he's a fabulous, wonderful comedy guy. Okay, who is in um, uh, America? Wait, best in America or um, something America? Um, 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 um. Okay, the one where she said nest egg. Gosh. Nest egg. Nest egg. Okay, wait. So it was. Oh, my brain is a sieve right now. All right. Lost, Lost in America. Who is the, the guy in Lost America? The um... Lost in America. Yeah, Al- the... Albert Brooks. Okay, Albert Brooks. Okay, I know this is going around big round circle. Albert Brooks did another film. He, I think he directed. And he was in, and it was about being in a reality movie. It was, it was a reality. It was a movie about a guy who does a reality show about a family. It was, it was. I mean, way, way back when there was no reality series. He mm-hmm. did like this film about going into a house and shooting a family being uh, the first reality series. And I don't remember the name. Real Life? So, yes, Real Life. Okay. So I loved Real Life. I thought that movie was amazing. I showed it to my kids and they were like, I don't get it. Like, I don't know. <laughs> and that is like because I guess reality shows were now a common thing. But at the time, I thought it was hilarious. I thought that film was so, so, so funny. And I loved his work, so I was just, that was blown away. Um, so that was one thing that they just didn't get. But then I did show them Best in Show and Monty Python. Uh, and they loved Monty Python, Python's films, and they loved, uh, and Best in Show. Loved okay, it. I love so, Christopher Guest. Right, so. Christopher Guest works. Um, and uh, gosh, he had so many of those films. Um, there was another one, um, all those, all the Christopher Guest films. My my favorite of his right? is A Mighty Wind. Yeah, yeah, even The Mighty Wind. I saw that one. And wait, and what was the other one that he did that was more popular? Oh, the Waiting for Guffman. Waiting oh, for this Guffman is this is Spinal Tap. Tap. Yeah, all those films, my we showed my kids and they loved them. So there's another example of like you know, wow, like just such a different, it's a different uh, generation and loving those films. So yes, those I'd have to say Christopher Guest films were the ones that my kids loved but Very... we, we really loved comedies and i think so that was what the um the focus was so yeah yeah there <laughs> i i grew up i grew up on monty python uh i i grew up on uh, i grew up on a, lot, on a lot of british humor mm-hmm. uh my, my family my family liked to watch uh so so pbs in my area had a big block of british tv shows mm-hmm. uh and my my mother loved to watch them so i just grew up on a bunch of of british humor Right. Along with along with the American, uh, but I love I love Christopher Guest. A Mighty Wind is probably my favorite oh. film uh, of all of the w- works that he has done. Yes, it, they get so niche and so like it's it's so um, understated and uh, just just great sense of humor. Um, and I love, love I love the fact that it's not really scripted. They basically yeah. have an idea of what they want, uh, and then they go in, and then they just improvise yeah and that they get such a strong connection between the improvisers and the actors that they 
it's watching them riff. And I got to tell you something, that's what my daughter does with her comedy partner is they've done so much improv together then the and their work is just so um amazing and that's why they can write so well because um i mean certainly in the world of comedy improv is essential and you've got to be able to trust your partners and people you work with and uh, it's just beautiful i i think it's to me the closest to magic in um in theater right now is improv to watch that because you are watching things that are that you realize it's really just happening in the moment. And it just has to do with how, you know, you've seen this magic happen on stage. So I don't know, big, big uh, uh, fan of improvisation. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. I love, I love films uh, that, that do improv. Uh, one of my favorite shows I actually just recently found out uh, was completely improvised. Uh, Reno 911. Oh, love that show. Love uh, I, Love I just recently I just recently uh, was listening to uh, an interview with Nick Swartz and and he said that he never knew what the you know they basically just call him up and go okay you're going to be Terry the male hooker right. you're going to be <laughs> right. you're going to be on roller skates and you're in a taco shop right oh, that- no. it's brilliant it's brilliant I'm so glad you said that yeah uh, my husband actually is a he writes uh, at, for animation and he uh, the one of the uh, actors the voiceover actors. Uh, was on that show. He played the the cop and um, Carlos. Carlos, yeah, Carlos. I uh, he's I forgot his last name. Carlos. Um, oh my gosh. I know. Yeah, I know. I know. He played. He played. Head. He played Garcia, uh, yeah. Officer Garcia. Yes. Brilliant. Yeah, he's yeah. who I actually just recently found out was the voice of Rocco on Rocco's Modern Life. Great. Oh, we have to get his last name. We have to because. Um, uh, a l a z r a q u i. Alaquiz, yeah. There you go. You just audience, just definitely check him out. Wonderful. Just, just, just go to IMDb and look up yeah. Rocco's Modern Life. He's the voice yeah. of Rocco. Yeah. He was also the voice of the Chihuahua for Taco Bell. Oh my gosh! Yes. Oh yeah. Here we go. So I'm um, a fa- I'm a fan of I'm a fan of his. I'm a yeah. fan of I know who he is. Like yes, yeah. I completely agree. Yes. Uh, but no, I, Reno 911, uh, the fact that it was completely improvised was amazing. But you were saying your husband, animation, Carlos. Yes, my husband is a, um, he's a, a writer and producer. And he wrote uh, Fairly Odd Parents. He was the uh, writer for the show, and uh, which went for like 14 years. And he, yeah. uh, so if you ever see Ray DeLaurentiis, that is my husband. So my kids were raised with a lot of comedy because we were very upbeat family. Even though like I can go and do Amityville and I could do the drama for me like I go it's so funny when I have to do a role that's really dramatic I like I go I go and and like I isolate myself and I go and do my own thing you know because I don't want to bring that energy to them you know but it's very funny like we have a very upbeat sort of family life and then I go do my dramatic things I'm like okay everyone back off do your thing I have to go and (laughs) stay centered in my character so uh it's it's really um it's so interesting you know our our family life it's probably it's its own reality show probably if you if you looked at it that's funny. That's that's just crazy in its own right. With, yeah. With all of that, um, do you go to the movies a lot or or at all uh, to like to the theater? No, and it's sad. I love the movies, and I never go because I am so busy. Um, and I I mean I am probably the most busy person you've ever met. I mean, in fact, just got credentialed to be a, a drama teacher on top of everything. Um, because I like to give back. I teach kids. And I've always done this for years. Ever since I had my kids, I was like, okay, I'm going to go start giving back what I know. 
And so I teach kids. I do private coaching for people, but I also teach at a district. And uh, so I'm actually just got credentials, which is exciting. Yay. Um, as, as an actress. Um, so I'm acting. I go on auditions and I work and I audition, but I also give back and I work with kids. Um, and it keeps me very um, like centered Active. and I, and I put it towards the kids. You know, my energy is let's bring the next generation up. So that's, um, and, and that's, that's great. That's great. One of the main things I talk about, uh, on, on my show, I do little introductions before the, the actual episode. Uh, but I always like to talk about, uh, keeping a PMA of positive mental attitude mm-hmm. that and, you just, yeah, filling the cup, always fill the cup with you with, don't ever feel like, Oh, well, I've done it. And now I have to repeat, go and keep moving your energy forward and bring new things because we're all stimulated by each other, you know, each other's energy and, um, so continue. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, no, 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 no. It's just uh, positive energy uh, that, you know, you, you you have the up days and you have the down days and you have the down days to remind you why the good days are so good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, well, the reason I'd asked uh, the theater uh, is I was going to ask, uh, do you happen to remember the last movie that you saw in the theater? Well, the only thing I have to say is there was just a Bill and Ted um, 30th anniversary uh, reunion. And um, I mean, I'm not just saying this, but I was just very excited because I got to have the popcorn. I, ha- I love the popcorn in the theaters. So I was like, give me the popcorn. I need to have this memory, this sense memory of it. Um, but uh, so that just happened like last week. So I was very excited to be at the Vista Theater, which was a beautiful theater. It's a theater that only has one screen, you know, like a member like that doesn't happen anymore very rarely do you go to a theater with one one screen screen and you have to go to that one show um so i i really enjoyed that but um i'm trying to think maybe um um, what was the last film i saw um gosh it it might have been um what okay okay again this is so long ago what was what about the movie that it begins with an I, and it okay, this is like a game show. It begins with an I, and it has to do with uh, traveling. Like you're 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 in different time periods. You go to the future and the past, and the future and the past. And Interstellar. Yes. No, wait, no, it wasn't Interstellar. It's um, it was a drama, sort of, like mm. a, or a, it was sci-fi. So it was like, oh darn it, it wasn't Interstellar. I think it was a different name. No, that's all right. All right, whatever. So, well, I mean, technically, will know when I say it. It's technically Bill and Ted. All right, yeah, you know what? It was technically Bill and Ted. (laughs) I think that's right. Yeah. No, that's good. Uh, Two more questions, uh, and then, uh, and then, and then I'll let you be on your day. Uh, Are Are you a fan of uh, Back to the Future? Oh yes, and I'm and I'm a fan for it. For many reasons, uh, I think it's a great film. And there was these, there were a few actresses that I would audition uh, with as I grew up. Um, I never, um, I never met Leah Thompson, but I do. Her life has passed uh, through my world in different ways. A casting director said to me that we are actually very similar. He said we're similar in our our personalities. We are similar in our lives. We both have kids uh, who are in the entertainment business and. Um, it was just interesting. He had said that we were similar, so I've always wanted to meet her. Um, but Elizabeth Shue, I had been acting with when I was, um, like, I we had the same manager back in the day where when we were in the 70s, um, late 70s, we had the same manager. And uh, so I knew her as um, Liz, you know, and 
so that was cool that she was in that film and I really enjoyed that and then um, also Claudia Wells and Claudia and I uh, have auditioned for things together and uh, I was really happy to see her in the film so it brings back a lot of it's fun to watch people that you know in films um, sort of like watching for me like watching people that I went to high school with kind of you know like oh I know you and oh good for you and cool and uh, uh, I just love the film so I, I back those films they're great awesome uh, my question uh, when Marty goes back in time uh, when in the present day for him in 1985 Goldie Wilson is mayor when he goes back in time, Goldie Wilson is just working as a cleanup boy at the diner. He says to Goldie, you're going to be mayor someday. Do you think Goldie Wilson becomes mayor of his own destiny? Or do you think mayor, uh, Goldie Wilson becomes mayor because Marty goes back in time and tells him, you're going to be mayor someday? No, the first. I think he destiny. goes back. Yeah. I think it's, oh. yeah. I think it's destiny. Yeah. Perfect. It's a short, it's a certain sweet question. Uh, yeah. and, and, and I always, it's, it's, it's something that my friends and I were talking about one day and I just, we were talking about the movie and I literally just went, Hey, do you think this happens because of this or this? <laughs> and it led, question, okay? it led to, right. <laughs> yeah. It led to like a 20 minute discussion between me and my friends. Yeah. Uh, mo most people usually just have one choice on it. That's great. Uh, final question. Uh, what, uh, would be a good listener recommendation, a movie that you like, that you feel may have passed through the cracks that people uh, may not know about that they should give a shot? Well, I mean, I got, okay, so, um, well, first of all, obviously, if you didn't see Better Off Dead, gotta see it. It's like a requirement. Got it. Um, also, on the whole other spectrum, yeah, I gotta suggest Last American Virgin. Okay. Totally different film, different energy, but... It is a microcosm of 80s. Um, it is 80s, great 80s music, 80s uh, clothes, uh, 80s subject matter, what it was like to be a teen. Um, you know, there's subject matter in there that is not something that it's like that was totally 80s. And it's like a, a time capsule of the 80s. And then Curly Hair, first film that ever had dark curly hair being the dream girl you know before it was like Farrah Fawcett blonde blue you know blonde hair blue eyes which is beautiful and was the American look but that film changed the way we saw America and America suddenly like ooh, America in the 80s curly hair um you know was pretty so um I have to say virgin I mean not even it's not it's there's other films obviously that are very cool but I will have to say there's sort of like requirements you know that you have to see of so, course. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, I love Taxi Driver. Taxi Driver was a great film, but that's like the darkness that hit before the 80s. And if you're going to talk about the specialty of the 80s, I have to say those two films. Yeah. But, oh, I, yeah. I love, I love, yeah. I love Taxi Driver, though. That's yeah. great. Oh, film. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. That that is great. Uh, where can people find you online? What what do you what do you have to plug for the for the folks listening? You are wonderful. OK, so here's what's happening. Um, you can, and please do follow me or find me because I have more stuff coming out. I have a film coming out at the end of this year called High Holiday, and so I'll be advertising that when it comes out as well. Um, so, and I've got another one called Waking Nightmare, but I don't know when that's coming out. So, anyway, uh, so here's what you do on Instagram: go to Diane, no, go to actress Diane Franklin, 
And I'm also at Diane to be with you, but actress Diane Franklin is my more like professional one. And then Diane to be with you is more like where I show my kids stuff. So if you don't want to see my kids or my family, then don't go to Diane to be with you on Instagram. Okay. And then uh, on Facebook, go to Diane Franklin fans. And when you go there, you're going to see a, a black and white photos. Go to that one because my other one, Di regular Diane Franklin is filled. So I, it's gotten to my top range. So I'm bringing other people to the other site, Diane Franklin fans. And I maybe say official fans, Diane Franklin official fans. Look for that. But you'll see two black and white photos from my books. And then if you go to Twitter, I'm Diane Franklin 80. No, no S, 80. And uh, so I post things, different things on all these sites. Um, I'm active on, on Facebook and I'm on Twitter and on uh, Instagram. I'm, I'm pretty active and I try to keep people uh, current with all the things going on. And it's a very upbeat and fun place to be. Um, and I, I also post things from the 80s, like photos that you can't see anywhere else and like nostalgia. So I think that's fun. Awesome. And uh, do you want to go ahead and give your kids uh, stuff a plug one more time? Oh, absolutely. Oh, by the way, also, I'm going to be doing New Jersey um, HorrorCon in October, and I'll be in the Dominican Republic at a place called 80s in the Sand in November, and I'll be in England in November, too, so I'm just putting those out there. With my kids, please check out um, Nick DeLaurentis on Spotify, D-E-L-A-U-R-E-N-T-I-S, and also he's in a band called Swatches, uh, so you could find that on YouTube as well. And then my daughter, Olivia De Laurentiis at, um, and Sydney Heller, we're going to go check them out on Snapchat um, under Apocalypse Goals. It's a comedy. Apocalypse Goals, and it's a series. So swipe to the right to discover and put in Apocalypse Goals, and you will find her. And you can also find her on YouTube, uh, Olivia De Laurentiis or, uh, and Sydney Heller under Barely Legal Comedy, or you could just look up Olivia De Laurentiis. She's my daughter. And you will see her sketches and her work, which is are hilarious. Such funny sketches as well. And there you go. And that is that. And ladies and gentlemen, you can find me on Instagram at the last podcast you'd want. You can find me on Twitter at TLPYW. Uh, you can always email me at the last podcast you'd want at gmail.com. Uh, that is the episode. Uh, please reach out to Diane. Let her know that you enjoyed the episode, that you enjoyed her on here. Uh, other than that, Diane, thank you for coming on. Uh, do you have any uh, parting words, uh, anything that you want to pass on to the people? Uh, it's how I like to, to end the show with, with the guests, uh, a, a, a message of positivity, essentially. Yes. Visualize what you want and do it right before you go to sleep. Visualize what you want, where you want to be, and go to sleep with a positive um, in, thing in your head where you want to be what you want to do and dream from that point on go visualize positive things because if you start if you go to sleep thinking positive things they will happen and stay away from negativity stay away from negative energy you can just let it pass through you and just like think positively and um you know you need to we need that's how we pass on good energy because we don't let the bad energy sit with us they go okay fine you've got bad energy here's some goodness right pass it on Pass on the good energy. <laughs> Absolutely. Pass it on. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. That is the episode. Until next week, tip the veal, try the staff. I'll see you then. Ever wonder how your buddy got those exclusive wrestling superstar action figures? 
Finn Balor or even that Ric Flair autograph 8x10 photo that you can't find in stores? Chances are they came from Pro Wrestling Loot, Professional Wrestling's most unique and fan-friendly monthly subscription box. Pro Wrestling Loot customizes a 5-7 item mystery box for wrestling fans that includes exclusive t-shirts, action figures, collectibles, trading cards, pins, autographs, and more that you can't find anywhere else. Today, for all of our last podcast you'd want listeners, we have a deal for you. Just head over to ProWrestlingLoot.com and enter the promo code LASTPODCAST to check out to save 20% off your first box with Pro Wrestling Loot. With over 20,000 followers online and presence at some of the biggest conventions in the United States, including WrestleCon and StarCast, Pro Wrestling Loot just isn't a business. With ties to indie, mainstream, lucha libre, American, and European pro wrestling, Pro Wrestling Loot is always sending out the most unique items with you in mind over the last five years. Sign up today at ProWrestlingLoot.com for just $24.99 and start receiving your monthly Pro Wrestling Loot box. Plus, for a limited time, enter code LASTPODCAST and receive 20% off your first box. Pro Wrestling Loot, for the fan in all of us. Thanks for coming to see our show. Sad to tell you we've got to go. Grab your hat and head for the door.